0: Okay, guys, very welcome back to the show, and I have another guest that you will all remember for this from the screens and the WWF, Mister Bull Buchanan. How are you doing today, man? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good, man. Look, as I said to you off camera, there, really appreciate you taking time out to talk to me today. Doesn't go. Oh no, no, no problem. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah, we'll rewind right back because, like, I don't just cover pro wrestling on this show. I cover like musicians and different people. So, for people that might not know you. I think it's always nice to ask how did you decide to be a wrestler
1: oh uh it it wasn't hard i grew up uh watching wrestling i uh stumbled on it when i was about seven or eight years old and i fell in love with it and i never uh never fell out of love with it i i i I, I got in the business when i was about 24 uh you know but i've been watching this since i was a kid and uh uh went to college and uh uh, for a few years and then, uh, and then got into business. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And of course we, we, we mentioned off air there and we'll start
0: with it. Your son is obviously now in NXT under Brooks Jensen. And yeah, how do you think he, how do you think he's getting on in his development there?
1: Oh, I think he's doing good. You know, he, uh, he signed with him when he was 19. Uh, my biggest worry, I wasn't, really worried about uh, his work or his attitude or anything like that. My biggest worry was, was he mature enough to, uh, you know, handle what he's fixing to get into. And uh, he, he's showed it uh, to me. Anyway, I think to them down there, I, I think he showed that uh, he has, uh, he's doing fine. You know, he's 21 years old, you know, be 22 in, uh in August. So, uh, you know, he's on a, a, he's on a real steep learning curve uh, for yeah. his age. What did you, what did you think when
0: he told you that this is the road he
1: wants to go down? Were you proud? I, yeah, I was, uh, but it wasn't like a, it, it wasn't hard to figure out. He, he, he was in love with it from the time he was just a, a little small kid. Uh, he had all the the rings. He had all the uh, action figures. He had all the, the games. Uh, he watched, he watched it all the time on TV, even more than I did. Uh, and then once he started getting older, uh, I kind of introduced him to some of the older stuff, you know, through things like YouTube and stuff like that. And some, you know, tapes and DVDs I had, I started introducing him to the older stuff. And, uh, he really, uh, kind of fell in love with that, you know, uh, he's, uh, he's the oldest 22 year old I've ever met. Uh, (laughs) he, uh, (laughs) I mean, he is he takes the business very seriously. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of respect for the business, and uh, I'm probably more proud of that than anything. Yeah. Were you involved in training him
0: at all, or what way did he kind of learn to wrestle?
1: Yeah, yeah, I trained him. I uh, um, I heard, uh, you know, I always heard the story uh, about Vince, uh, making Shane do, uh, you know, work his way up through the company when he was, uh, when he was a kid and, uh, when he was a teenager, uh, you know, how he worked in the concession stands, how he did all that, how he refereed. And, uh, he wanted Shane to see the business from all aspects. So that's kind of what I did with him. He, you know, he finally came to me. I think he was 13 or 14 and, uh, asked me if I, if I would train him to wrestle. Now I actually had a ring for, I built a wooden ring out in the backyard for him and my younger son, who's now getting into his act. Um, I built a ring, a wooden ring out for him in the backyard and they would actually get out there and and do matches and stuff. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't discourage it, but I didn't really encourage it either. I just kind of, you know, let them make up their own minds, but, um, so I told Ben that, uh, I said, well, you know, before I train you, let's try you as a referee, you know, to me, uh, you know, training guys, if you let them referee for a little while, if it's, if it's possible, you know, I know that, you know, you can't stick somebody on NXT out there as a referee and then make them in, you know, a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, but you know, out here on the Indies and stuff to me, if you can referee, it lets you get, you, one, you get in the ring, you get in front of a crowd. You don't necessarily have the pressure on you that the two guys that are working do. I mean, I'm not saying it's not an important job. It is a very important job, but it's, it's for a beginner. It's a little easier to do because you can just kind of point him in there and say, okay, look, when he pins him count three, you know, you can make it that simple. And, and that's yeah. what I did. And I let him, you know, kind of grow into that. And then once, you know, he got pretty good at that, I think he was maybe 15. Uh, and while he was doing that, when we get to the shows, we'd get there early, and I would get in the ring with him and, uh, and work with him. And, you know, any guys that were there, they would get in there and work with him too. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I trained him, but, I, you know, I like to think that he learned from the same way I did. I learned from uh, uh, James Hammond's trained me, but I learned from a lot of different people. You know, I think everybody does. But uh, you know he learned from a lot of guys around here, and uh, and yeah, I mean it, you know I knew he was going to and and my son Zach he's uh, he's uh, 17 now just turned 17. Uh, he's actually got a match tomorrow night in uh, Buck Cannon, Georgia. So he's just getting started, and I did the same thing with him. I let him referee for uh, for a little while, and now he's getting into the ring, getting started. So uh, yeah, just starting over again. It looks like. Yeah,
0: exciting times, and we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on the the two boys' progression as uh, the second generation superstars are just they keep coming through. Like there's a lot of guys whose sons and relatives are involved in the business now, and it's nice to see, I suppose, it going on. I know a lot of guys are kind of nervous about their sons and daughters going into the industry as well, and you can understand that. But it's sure. a totally different business now, isn't
1: it? Yes, yes. Uh, you, know, I would be, uh, I would be scared to death uh if my son was getting into it you know when i did around the same time i got into it in the early nineties you know 90, 90, 1991, 92 round in that time and even in that time it was uh it was pretty uh wild wild west i mean it was a lot of fun don't get me wrong i mean uh you know uh and and i didn't uh i wasn't a uh uh a, a, a uh a school schoolboy at the time i didn't uh go home at nine o'clock i mean i enjoyed the uh, lifestyle <laughs> as much as anybody but uh but yeah, it is a totally different uh, atmosphere in business. You know, I feel a lot, lot more comfortable uh, letting them go into it now. Uh, you know, it, like I said, it was just a, it was a different time. It was a great time to me. Uh, uh, you know, but it was still a time. You know, when you broke in, I mean, the old timers, you know, they would ride you. They, they would, uh, you know. But it was, it was, there was a reason they were doing it. You know, if you don't like somebody, you're probably not even going to talk to them. So you know if they were messing with you, if they were, you know, ribbing you and stuff like that, you know that they probably liked you and you were fitting in. But uh yeah, it was a different time, you know. uh different way of getting into business, of course. You know, you had to kind of find somebody, you had to know somebody, knew somebody that could you know, they had a connect yeah. and and maybe they would get you in. Uh but And that yeah. uh,
0: Jim Jim Carnett was instrumental in someone that you met kind of early on in your career, wasn't he? And you obviously worked with ECW then as well. And did Jim help you
1: transition over to the WWF side of things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jim, uh, Jim Cornette was, uh, you know, like I always say, one of my mentors in the business. I base a lot of what I I think about the business and what I believe and and how I believe things about the business should should be uh, off of Jim Cornette. Uh, You know, I, I agree with him on you know, most of the things he, uh, most of the things he says, uh, but I understand that, you know, the business moves on, time moves on, things change. You have to change with them. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy, uh, um, I was working, uh, you know, I was working down here on the, uh, on the outlaw stuff down here in, uh, Georgia, Alabama, the South. Uh, yeah, I made a little bit of a name for myself here in Georgia. Uh, we had a little TV down there in, uh, got noticed off that TV by Cornette and, uh, he brought me in and, uh, you know, put me as a, uh, his bodyguard, you know, uh, the same role that, uh, you know, one of my heroes in business, uh, uh Ray trailer, same thing he did. So, you know, it, I was stoked by the whole thing. I mean, you know, getting to work with Jim Cornette and getting to be Jim Cornette's bodyguard. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, you know, uh, we, I worked there, we worked there and, uh, and I was there when Smoky Mountain shut down. Uh, I was actually there the night it shut down. Um, you know, and by that time, uh, up until I went to Smoky Mountain, you know, I was still working a, a, a regular job. I, I had a, a job at a furniture store. So, uh, you know, once I got to Smoky Mountain and I could see my way, you know, which, I mean, hell, didn't take much. Uh, you know, I think 75 a night, you know, maybe make, you know, three, 350 bucks a week, but for me, it was plenty at that time, uh, I went to Smoky Mountain and I was there when shut down, but, uh, Jimmy told me, he said, listen, just keep working and, and I'll get you a shot up there because he had already started, uh, you know, he, he had a relationship with WWE, I think pretty early on. Yeah. Smoky. Uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Taker came down there and that's where, you know, Glenn, he met Glenn and Glenn went on to be Kane and, you know, that, that story. And, um, so he had a relationship, but, you know, I guess, you know, once Smokey Mountain shut down, so we went back up there full time. And, uh, so I did, I, you know, I'd made a little bit of a name for myself in Smoky Mountain, which was, you know, the North, the Carolinas and, uh, Tennessee and, you know, that area. So I was getting by on Indy bookings and, uh, a good friend of mine, Ted Allen, uh, was also one of the guys that kind of had a hand in my training. Um, Ted Allen, uh, uh, kept me going with moving jobs down here. Uh, Ted Allen was the one that trained, uh, uh, Ray Trailer and Arn Anderson. So he kept me going with the uh, moving jobs and, uh, and, uh, working the Indies. But, uh, I got, uh, Billy Black, uh, and Joel, uh, Billy Black and Joel Deaton were a tag team in all Japan <clears throat> and uh, they both lived in Georgia and I was real good friends with Billy Black. He calls me out of the blue and asked me if I want to go ECW and I said, of course, Joel wasn't available. And, uh, and, uh, Paulie at that time, you know, the tape traders, you know, people were trading tapes, you know, that was huge at the yep. time. Yep. And, uh, you know, so people here were starting to see, you know, all Japan. And so they were starting to see Hanson and Gordy and, you know, and the guys that, uh, that, you know, worked over here, but wasn't full time over here, you know, were are bigger names over there than we're over here. Uh, so we went into the dark riders and I think, I don't know if it was Ian or Axel, whichever one of them was there at the time, uh, I think we did a house show with him and we, and we did like a handicap match against him. Uh, and then we uh, did TV and we worked with eliminators, uh, Saturday and Cronus. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know I, I pulled out every trick I had. I did every damn thing I could actually do in the ring at that time. Yeah. And, uh, a poly us and he liked me, uh, from what I understood, uh, you know, he really liked me and, and, uh, later on, I found out that he did because he, you know, helped me on down the line uh, also. But um so I figured I'm going back, you know, and I was really stoked because, you know, at the time, ECW was the thing. And, you know, especially for young guys, you know, my around my age, uh, you know, you, you that's where you want to go. I mean, if Smoky Mountain wasn't going to be there, that's where I wanted to be. Smoky Mountain was the epitome of what I thought pro wrestling should be. You know, it was in an area of the country that I knew and, and it just, everything made sense, you know, and it was the guys that I grew up. A lot of guys I grew up watching, uh, Ricky and Robert, you know, Tommy, Terry, you know, all those guys were there. You know, it was like a dream come true. But if Smoking Mountain wasn't going to be there, you know, ECW was was the thing. And uh, so I jumped at the chance. But, yeah, so I get home from there expecting to go back. And then they told us we were coming back. I got home and uh, Cornette called me about a week later and said, uh, that uh, it was a contract in the mail. And I said, well, you know, how did that come about? He said, I, I, I saw Vince at TV and I told him, you know, Hey, remember that big kid I hadn't smoked mountain. And I said, yeah, he said, well, uh, you know, he's, uh, went over to ECW for Paul and he said, go ahead and sign him. So, and, and that's where the contract came from. So yeah, Jimmy was very instrumental in that. And of course, you know, <clears throat> like I said, he, he helped me uh, and, uh, a lot of guys help, you know, you, you make these, uh, friends and you never know where somebody's going to help you at. But after we did the truth commission, uh, we went off, the, I went off the road for a little while and, uh, you know, yeah. Jimmy was, uh, was, was, I knew was in my corner and I had gotten pretty, uh, uh, in good with Jr. Jr. liked me a lot, uh, you know, not in small part because of Jimmy, but, uh, JR liked me. So while I was off the road, I said, I called him. I said, Hey, listen, I can sit down here and, you know, collect a check. Or if you guys want, I'll go out and work the Indies. And, and, uh, and so they gave both gave their blessing. And, uh, so I went and worked in Music City. I worked, uh, NWA Wildside down here in Georgia. You know, I just stayed busy and I kept, you know, trying to get better and trying to, you know, look better and get in better shape. So, uh, yeah. And well, then,
0: what what was the reason why they after say the the true commission they took you off TV for a while? What did they want you? What did they want different from
1: you before they brought you back that time? I don't think they knew. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, and that's that. You know, that's not uh, uncommon up there. Um, yeah, you know, I think they were just waiting for an ideal to come around. You know, something they thought would suit me. Something they thought. You know, from everything I understood, you know, they were all happy with me. You know, I was still young, uh, you know, no injuries. I mean, uh, you know, I don't toot my own horn, but, you know, I I never had an attitude. uh, You know, I've always uh, always, uh, felt blessed for every day I got in this business. I've I've never thought I was uh, too good to uh, do anything. Um, You know, I just went to work with that kind of attitude and and tried to work hard, you know. uh, But... Yeah, I don't think they had an idea. Uh but yeah.
0: Yeah. But when when, when this uh, obviously then the next thing that happened was the the right to censor gimmick and a lot of people like it's a very very memorable stable for people and like you guys get talked about all the time. So do you remember <laughs> the initial idea behind that what you were told about it when you were coming back from from Vince will say for example?
1: uh so you know uh cornet brought me back uh, brought me to lvw when he first uh, started up and uh let me work on the bull buchanan gimmick and so i went in and uh you know they tagged me with ray for a while and uh they told me that they were going to give me a, a singles run so that's when i did the thing with jericho and uh um you know i had a couple of other matches um I showed up for TV in Albany, New York. And me and Steven Richards, had got to be friends because we met when I went to ECW. But it was just, you know, more kind of, hey, you know, nice to meet you. But uh, at WrestleMania that year when me and uh, Bossman wrestled Godfather and D-Lo, we went to the gym together a couple of times. And we went out to eat a few times and just kind of got to be, you know, buddies. And uh, he approached me. Well, one of the riders approached me and asked me how big, how, what size neck I wore in a shirt, and I told him, and I just thought, you know, okay, maybe they're getting us some cool shirts or something, you know, because they're always giving out, you know, free stuff, you know, jackets, stuff like that. And uh, Steven came, Steve came up and he said, uh, hey, what do you think? I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, yeah, not and I said, no, he said, you're, you're gonna be with uh, uh with me now because it was just us then. He said, you're gonna be with me now, you know, that thing had a lot of heat, uh, I think. I don't think it gets enough credit for actually how much heat it had. Uh, because I would say on any night of all the, the heels that we had up there at the time, you know, we got the loudest reaction of, of booze. I, I would say. Yes. Yes. This was, uh, this was Vince's uh, hard left jab to the uh, parent teacher council all the way. Uh, you know, they were on us pretty hard. I mean, cause you know, I mean, honestly, some of the stuff that we did was, uh, you know, pushing limits, but uh, yeah, that's what made it so great. But uh, yeah, this was absolutely a jab at them and uh, it worked. I think I even heard one time, I think Stevie might've told me that they had might've even got a letter or something from one of the chapters, you know, commending them on, on what they were doing about cleaning up their show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I actually thought that we were there to, you know, um, you know, we were actually on the payroll at, uh, PTC or something, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I would have never dreamed that we, it actually worked. It actually come to like full fruition nowadays, but you know, uh, that's the, that's the area we live in, I guess. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It, but you know, it was, uh, like I said, me and Steve were friends and, uh, I was friends with Charles, uh, Godfather. Uh, I got to be a lot better friends with him, uh, because I had been riding with Ray up to that point. I mean, you always jump in with different people, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'd ride with Ron and John, uh, the acolytes, uh, I rode with, uh, Chris Benoit a lot, um, you know, just here and there, but, uh, my main riding partner was Ray. And then, uh, after they split us up, uh, he had to have his knee scoped, which was kind of part of the reason they split us up. He had to have his knee scoped, so he was out for a little while, and uh, I was just kind of jumping back and forth in cars, you know, kind of car hopping, and uh Michael Hayes, who had always kind of been a friend, you know, I knew him from before WWE. had made him on the Indies a little bit, and I knew him. And, you know, I always kind of went to him for advice, and he told me, he said, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure Charles wouldn't mind, you know. You riding with? He said, "I think it always, uh, you know, things a little bit as a team, together." And so, you know, I asked uh, Charles, of course, you know, and I uh, tell him, and Taylor, uh, or Austin. Can you hear me? I lost you
0: yeah, kind of lost you there again. Ah, sorry. You're 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 back now. I think. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I hear you. The next thing I was going to say was, I had the Godfather on my show last year, and he described his oh. time <laughs> in the right in the in the right to censor as the worst time of his life. Do you have any experiences of him? Yeah. and living the worst time of his life.
1: Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he hated it. He hated it. Oh, uh, but like I said, we got, you know, we, uh, me, him and Terry started riding together and, uh, we kind of became the three amigos. Uh, and I had a blast, you know, you can imagine, um, you know, Godfather ain't really, uh, it's, it, it's not really a gimmick. Um, he kind of lived it, uh, you know, not the pivoting part, but the, uh, the, uh, you know, so, uh, 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 so yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a, it was a great time for everybody in that car.
0: Okay. So we were talking about Charles, not liking the gimmick that he, he was saying to me when he was on my show and you were kind of telling me a story about him and him and Vince kind of talking about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They had a long discussion about that. And, uh, you know, I guess it, 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 you know, worked out in the end, uh, uh, Charles, you know, he uh jumped right in and, and uh, you know, and Val did the same, and then Ivory came in. Uh, you know, we were clicking on all cylinders there for a while. Uh, she uh, she had the uh, women's belt, and uh, you know, of course, we had tag belts. Um, uh, yeah. I think if it had it, it went on a little longer, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Val would have wound up, you know, probably maybe with the Intercontinental or something like that. But, uh, you know, I think they kind of had to – I think, uh, well, you know, things changed when we bought WCW, you know, that kind of – a lot of things got wrapped up probably quicker than they they had planned. But, you know, what are you going to do? That's just kind of the nature of it. Yeah. Uh,
0: do you remember getting any specific advice off Vince McMahon for, for this characters, for these characters, because this was something obviously that he was really invested in because of the pressure he was getting.
1: Yeah. He, he told me to be the biggest jerk I possibly could. And <laughs> I, I mean, it was real simple. He said, just be as, as big a jerk as you possibly can. And so I said, sure. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, no, I mean, you know, a lot of it, um, uh, a lot of it we kind of came up with uh, you know the right guy uh, you know I wish I could remember his name the guy that wrote for us uh, he was great um you know we Stevie came up with a lot of I think Stevie came up with a lot of you know and like you know me and uh, Godfather we'd come up with uh, you know some of the stuff we we had we had a, a great little stick going on house shows uh, where we would go out and and give like a testimonial. Stevie would start it off, of course, and then, uh, Godfather would, uh, would would come in and start talking about, you know, how Stevie had changed his life and how he got gotten him away from, uh, you know, smoking weed and, uh, (laughs) you know, going to strip clubs and pimping, you know, hoes and stuff like that. And he would start getting excited talking about all those things. He'd start getting excited again and, 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 you know, start saying, you know, you know, maybe, maybe those days ain't, you know, and, uh, the crowd would start losing their minds because they thought that the Godfather was coming back. And I would, I would snatch the mic, you know, shut him down and, and would start telling him, you know, Hey man, you can't think like that no more. You know, it's different now. You know, we've both changed, you know, I, I used to do a lot of stuff and I would start going into, you know, some of the stuff about some of the girls that he had, I would start going into that and I'd start getting excited. And, and Steve would wind up slapping the microphone out of my, out of my hand you know and grabbing and saying what the hell is wrong with you two and we had, it was a great little five minute uh deal that we would do on house shows and the crowd would lose their minds you know when they thought the godfather was coming back and and, and even then when they thought that holy you know here's uh you know this this guy you know bull uh he's actually a, a pretty cool guy and you know and then stevie would shut it down and we'd go back to normal but uh <laughs> When, when, when Charles was on my
0: show, he he actually said something that I hadn't seen him say before. And he, said it since afterwards, but he, he apologized on my show to Stevie Richards because he said that he was really mean to Stevie because he felt that it was his fault that the Godfather was taken away from him. Do you have any experience of that kind of those kind of issues going on?
1: No, I mean, um, You know, I mean, I, I I didn't really think that you know Charles and, and Stevie would be hanging out or anything. But I mean, I don't think there was ever any really outward, you know, mm. I, I never, I can't remember any. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we didn't really. I mean, I traveled with Stevie and and Crash Holly a few times, and that was a a, a blast. Uh, but uh. You know, I, I knew that he he kind of held a grudge against him, but I mean, you know, it never showed when uh, when it was really time to uh, you know for the red to light on. to come on. So that was all that, was all yeah. that mattered. Uh, yeah. Well, I will I will say we did uh, we did uh, the little uh, we did our little uh, little stick that I was just talking about, a little five minute deal in Pensacola one night, and we'd already gotten word that they were going to be wrapping this thing up, so we changed it up a little bit. And at the end of the at the end of the match, um, Steve, we, I think we 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 lost or something to the Dudleys or, or you know whoever it was, and uh, Stevie gets in the ring and just starts you know crawling up one side and down the other, you know both of us, and he really starts getting on me. I think because I took the pinfall, he really starts getting on me and he slaps me. We were just trying to stuff out at house shows, you know, to maybe use it on TV. Uh, he slaps me and I snatch him by the collar and the people started, you know, coming and I back into a corner. Now I knew we were going to do that, but as I was holding him by the collar in the corner, I hear something hitting the mat behind me. It's Godfather over in the other corner, warming up for the whole train. And he's warming up for the whole train. I've got Stevie by the collar, you know, and I just, you know, I knew, you know, Stevie knew to stay, but, here he come and i looked over my shoulder and i see this 330 pound guy barreling toward me so i just stepped i'm still holding stevie by the collar i just stepped over and and charles just squashed him i I mean just like just you know 330 pounds you know i felt the ring move so and you know of course it got a good pop you know and we you know kind of threw the ties down and walked out and uh
0: yeah yeah did i mean there
1: was i don't think there was ever. You,
0: you were always kind of portrayed as a as a serious character and next thing you're kind of on screen as b squared then a few
1: couple of years later with with cena how did that come about i was in back one day and they came up and said hey you're gonna be uh Cena's sidekick i knew john from ovw so you know i i knew what he could do on the mic so um, they put us together and, uh, you know, i I remember thinking about, okay, how do I, well, the Pauly, once again, like I said before, you know, Pauly came back in down the line and, and helped me out too. Pauly was a head writer at down there. There was an ideal floating around. I think maybe Hunter's ideal was floating around, uh, putting me and Jamie, no, putting me with Jamie and Nydia as, uh, his cousin that idea was floating around and a lot of people liked, I liked it, you know, cause it seemed like a natural fit, but, um, they came up and, uh, you know, told me how hey, you going to be seen as partner. So I just thought, well, you know, maybe I should approach this differently. They wanted me to, I think to be like a, a, a bodyguard, uh, you know, maybe in a suit or something like that. And, I just kind of, we just kind of, um, John and I, you know, kind of talked about it and they were kind of letting us spill it out, you know, kind of, you know, throwing what we could against the wall. But I just took it in another direction and went with the, you know, the, the, uh, especially with the name B2, you know, you can't be a serious bodyguard, you know, with a name like B square. So uh, I, I figured, well, hell just you know, just take us in a totally different direction. And, you know, that's what we came up with. And, uh, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, kind of being something that you're, you're not, I guess that's, I think that's part of the attraction, you know, the wrestling business, you know, sometimes you can kind of, you know, be somebody that you, that you're not, uh, in real life. So, you know, I just, I had fun with it and, you know, uh, I think we did some good stuff together. Um, I, I think you know. Had we had we stayed together, I, I think maybe you know it might have been a tag tag title uh, run with us. But yeah. uh, you know, the I'd been there for eight years. Um, they had a lot of new guys coming in. You know, our, our, our roster had doubled. Uh, they let some guys go. They let Mike Awesome go, uh, and you know, in the following months after I left, you know, D-Lo, D-Lo got cut, uh, um, uh, and a little later, a little later on, uh, Albert, uh, got cut, uh, A-train. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, just that you know, had new guys coming in. So, you know, it was time to swap up. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I, so of course, I wasn't happy about it, and I was kind of bummed out. But at the same time, I, I was looking forward to, uh, you know, going over to Japan and working some over there. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned earlier on that you you you
0: rode a lot with uh, with Chris Benoit. Like, what what was he like as a person when when you knew him back then? Obviously, you know, everyone kind of says the same thing about Chris, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And then everybody knows what happened. There's no need to go into that. But what was your experience like
1: uh, working with him right. over the years? great guy great guy uh, perfectionist uh, in a good way he uh, he he uh, he protected the business he, he loved the business uh, he had the utmost respect for the business um, you know I, I, I think that's I think that's the you know one of the things that gets overlooked one of the worst parts about it you know this the last thing Chris would ever want to do, was uh bringing negative light or anything like that on the business uh you know with such such shame but i mean he was a great guy he was a good guy to ride with a good riding partner because you you know you talk uh, wrestling you know i mean you, you know we talked about other stuff too we talked about our families and stuff uh our wives knew each other uh nancy and uh, my wife sherry uh they'd met and, you know they knew each other so uh and a lot of times he was, he was kind of like uh, Ray Trailer was, you know, like, a lot of times, you know, if we were in places like Nashville or Charlotte, North Carolina, or out, you know, maybe in Pensacola, you know, in the general area, a lot of times, because we would fly home after SmackDown on Tuesday nights, we would fly home the next morning. Well, a lot of times, uh, some of the guys, you know, especially that lived in Atlanta, I know Ray, me and Ray did it quite a bit, and uh, me and Chris did it quite a bit because we were all out of Atlanta. Uh, we would just, uh, uh instead of waiting for the flight in the morning, we'd just uh, take the rental car and, you know, pay a drop-off fee and drive in that night. And that way you could get home and you could actually wake up in your own bed. <coughs> um, how did your uh, appearance come about
0: then all those years later when um, Mick Foley was doing this thing for John? And you came out and you said that, uh, what was it you said? It was all really positive at the start. Uh, you were the best tag team partner I ever had. But at the end of the uh, yeah. day, you were like, you, you ruined yeah. my life, you know was it hard to keep a straight face doing that? Yeah.
1: Oh, no, I just, <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's I think it's always been kind of easy for me to get in character. I always try to tell the boys, you know, the easiest way to do this is just, uh, you gotta, you, you gotta imagine that it's real. You know, you gotta make it real in your head. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lauren ice called me and said, Hey, uh, would you be available next Monday? And I said, sure. Of course. He said, uh, they got an idea. Uh, you know, if it's going to go through, I'll, I'll call you back and uh, give you all the details. So I immediately went to Ben uh, Brooks Jensen. Now, uh, I can't remember how old he was, but I said, Hey, where's uh raw at next Monday night? He said, Boston. So I said, okay. I said, it's gotta be something with Cena." So, and, and, uh, John called me and gave laid out all the details and, uh, you know, got all the to travel together and everything. And so I went up and did it. And uh, I had a great time, got to meet some of the guys. I hadn't, uh, you know, new guys that uh, had come in since I was there. Uh, Miz got to uh, meet Seamus, uh, big, huge Seamus fan, uh, him and Drew McIntyre. how um, so I got to meet some of those guys, got to see JR, you know, got to see Vince, uh, and got to, of course, see uh, John, and uh, I got to see uh, Rocky, too. Uh, Rocky and I knew each other from uh Memphis when we worked together down there before we came up to uh, New York. So, got to see him. Uh, you know, he flew in for uh, for that when they were doing their build up to WrestleMania, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's your overall Im- impressions of Vince McMahon? And does anything ever stand out to you in terms of that was great advice he gave me or anything, anything like that from a business sense?
1: Oh, I learned a lot from Vince. Uh, I, I. Um, you know, he'll, he'll always be, uh, you know, he'll always be the boss to me. uh I enjoyed working for him. He never told me anything. Uh, he, he never told me he would do something and he didn't do it. Uh, you know, um, uh, he always, uh, took care of me financially. I thought, you know, uh, yeah, I never had a, and, and, uh, when I kind of knew I was on my way out, uh, I had talked with him and, uh, you know, he, he told me, he said, we'll do business again someday. Uh, and I, and I think we probably would have, but, I, you know, I kind of just fell in over in Japan and enjoyed it and, and liked staying over there and, you know, uh, but he gave me a lot of, uh, it, because my exposure to the pro wrestling business had been just that pro wrestling. At the time when I broke in, and up until the time I went to the WWE, uh, it was still in a lot of areas of the country pro wrestling. You know, it, it wasn't quite sports entertainment yet. And and sure. there's to, to me there's a, to me there's a, a difference. And it's not so much a, a philosophical thing or you know anything like that. It's more of just a business model. You know, mm-hmm. pro wrestling business model was to fill up uh, fill up the stands fill up the house shows, you know, work your way around to your back to your big town and fill, fill up the arena. You know, that's where your ticket sales were, you know, sports entertainment is a whole different model. You know, it was pay-per-views and now it's, you know, uh, the net Peacock network, you know, so among the other differences, but, uh, I got to see, I got to learn from him, you know, as, uh, what sports entertainment was, you know, he told me one time, he said, and, you know, and, and he, he's told this to a lot of people. He's said it a lot of times before, but he said, you know, we're making movies. We're making a two hour or three hour movie that, you know, it's, it's not a pro wrestling as you knew it. We're making movies and that's really how he approached it. And that's how I started to look at it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh. Just, uh, I always enjoyed, you know, I think he was a lot more accessible back then. You know, we're talking about, you know, 25 years ago, yeah. uh, Vince, Vince was still, I mean, hell, he was, he was still in the ring with us, you know, he was still getting in there, uh, right out of the gate, you know, me and boss, man, that was the first thing we did. We jumped in in the cage with rocky. You know, we were kind of, a uh, de facto security guards for Vince and Hunter and Stephanie yeah. and the whole, you know, the whole thing then. So, you know, it wasn't just, uh, you know, saying hi to him in the walking through the hall in the back. I mean, you know, we were working together. So, uh, you know, and, and one of the things I learned from him was, you know, Stephanie got slammed in a pile of, well, it was a pile of mud, but still, you know, uh, 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 for the on-screen audience, it was a pile, of, I think, it was, you know, dog manure or cow manure or something, you know. That was Vince, one of Vince's Corvettes that got filled up with cement by by Austin. You know, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen Vince whacked over the head with, I mean, just as hard as, as we, you know, as we would hit each other. You know, Shane got thrown through the glass, which he didn't go through the first time. He landed on his head and he had to do it again. You know, if, if, if his kids, if he's out there doing that and his kids are out there doing that, what are you going to tell him, well, I can't do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that Ron Simmons told me. You know, he said if they're out there doing that, what are you <laughs> going to say? Oh, I can't do that. I'm I'm sorry, I can't do that, Vince. Mean, you know, when him and his own kids are are you know out there working with us. Yeah. So, uh but yeah, I enjoy, enjoyed working for him. Yeah,
0: that's that's a very very valid thing you said there. I suppose with with they them taking bumps and doing all that kind of stuff on TV. When, yeah. when you said, when he said to you, obviously about doing business before, um, would you go back there at some point as a manager would we'll say, for example, for example, as a manager, or could you, would you do like a Royal rumble appearance or something like that?
1: Oh, I'd probably do anything they wanted me to do to be honest. I mean, uh, people, um, you know, I, people like to say, Oh, I wouldn't. I'm, yeah, you would. uh no, I mean, I, i i don't, I really can't remember any bad experiences I ever had when I was working. I mean, there was always, you know, you miss flight or the rental car stuff like that. But as far as dealing, you know, with everybody that's there. And, and even to now, you know, I went down and did a guest coaching uh, deal, uh, I think back in last September for a few days, uh, everybody's first class. I mean, you know, they're very professional, uh, everybody's uh, uh nice and, and, you know, easy to work with. Um, so, yeah, I would go back, and, you know, of course I would. Um, but, you know, um, I think I, I wouldn't, you know, so much uh, a few years ago I would say, yes, of course I'll get back in the ring. But, you know, um, I enjoy – watching other people do you know I enjoy watching somebody that I've taught how to do it do it I, I get I really enjoy watching Ben and now I'm starting I'm getting to enjoy watching Zach you know but yeah. I would be that way about anybody uh I think anybody you know when you you train somebody or you show them stuff you know it, it, you like to see them succeed you like to sit back and and watch their success
0: yeah before before we wrap up today I just want to know What's current day-to-day life like for you now? What do you do at the moment?
1: Uh, for the last 10 years, uh, I've worked for the Sheriff's Department here in uh, where I live. Uh, I've pretty much done everything you can do there almost. Uh, I started out in jail, uh, worked there for about a year. I went to patrol, worked there for a few years. I uh, went to investigations, worked there for a few years. And now I'm actually working at the courthouse. I enjoy that. You know, it's a little a little more laid back. Uh you know i'm 55 now so uh my running and gunning days i think are are through so <laughs> uh but uh you know uh i work with a lot of great people uh i enjoy what i do um uh, so that, that's pretty much it you know uh and like i said i mean uh you know there was about three or four years there that me and me and uh ben were uh you know hitting the indies around here every weekend so it it was like reliving it all over again, you know, getting to see all my, and now I'm doing it with Zach. So, uh, yeah, a lot of weekends, I'm on the, on the road with them, you know, at indie shows and stuff. I try to stay in the back. Uh, Ben, uh, just about broke me from getting it in the ring. We, uh, we tagged a little bit and, and, uh, we tagged a few times and, uh, uh, did some stuff together and, uh, man, by the time he actually got signed and went down there, um uh, I had to go to the doc I, was, I had to go get my uh uh few shots in my neck, a few in my back. <laughs> uh so uh I wanna stay a little more in the in the background with Zach than I did with Ben. Uh yeah. You know, 'cause you don't wanna you don't wanna take you know, it's it's their time to shine. I don't wanna take anything away from that, you know. And yeah. you know, people don't wanna see a bunch of old guys out there on walkers they (laughs) won't see the young the young guys now of course so it's their turn uh i gotta i gotta
0: show it i gotta show you a picture before we wrap up before we wrap up i went to a wrestling party i think this is about god this must be about eight seven eight years ago now and we dressed as the right to censor have a look at this Can you can you tell which one is you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Everybody thought it was great. And you know, it was such a simple, it was such a simple outfit to put together. You know, it's just to cut out the sleeves of the shirt, get a black tie. That was it. Yeah, we're, you know, we were uh, going around, we were going around to people at the party saying, Don't be drinking, drinking is wrong. <laughs>
1: I've still got tons, though, because they would give us, like, four or five at a time. You know, they gave us so many more than we could wear. Uh, so I've still got uh, just suitcases full of those uh, shirts and uh, pants downstairs. You should bring them to conventions. Are you in the convention world? No, not really. I've done a few, but uh, I did one a few years ago up in New York. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I that, that yeah, i thought about that, you know. Yeah, I've thought about bringing some of them to uh, some of those shows. Some of them, actually, you know um, uh, have holes in them and stuff like that. Like I can actually remember when that happened. You know, uh, there's one, one part I got down there that, uh, has a hole in the knee. I can remember we were in Pensacola, Florida, and I went to drop a knee on Ron Simmons. And as soon as I hit, you know, the knee that landed on the mat, that's the one that split. And it just came uh, folded down my shin. So I had to wrestle the rest of the match, you know, with my pants hanging halfway off. <clears throat>
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Look, Paul, it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you today, man. And wish you nothing but the best. And we might catch up again sometime, where, where the signal is a bit better. And will
1: Yes, I'd love to. Thanks a lot.